Welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Do men and women communicate differently? That is what we are going to discuss and find out today on the Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. This is the status flow. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm really excited about our guest today, somebody that I met not too long ago uh, in, through, uh, through some online events. Donna Rastigian Mack is the president of iVoice Communication. And Donna, thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and sharing with us your knowledge and your wisdom today. Much appreciated. It is my absolute pleasure, Chris M. King. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, I like to go straight straight into it. So, I want to get to the meat of something. I love what uh, something you had said was that you believe that we can create a world where everyone has the confidence and ability to speak and communicate effectively, and this changes everything. Tell me a little bit more about that. And what, give me your your framework here. Man, if only. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we could create a world where everyone had the confidence and the ability to communicate effectively? You know, I do a lot of a lot of work in business, Chris, and that is the number one problem. People do surveys end of the year, beginning of the year, whenever, and the number one problem is always a lack of communication, miscommunication, and some kind of communication breakdown. And think about it. It happens at work, and does it happen at home as well? You bet it does. But, uh, you know, luckily when I, when I do go into these companies and I either coach one-on-one or do my group training, uh, it's funny. I, I, I'm watching the people as I'm coaching them. And even though they're learning these skills for business purposes, I can see very quickly that their wheels are turning and they're saying, oh, these skills are going to absolutely help me at home as well. And I say, yeah, you bet they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're absolutely right because, you know, we, we know that how we do anything is how we do most things, if not everything, because the, the, the yeah. brain is just super lazy. If it learns it over here, it applies it everywhere it can. So, so I love that you're making the global impact in your clients' lives. But, um, you know, I started this with a question. Do men and women communicate differently? Now, maybe that sounds like a duh, Chris. Obviously, they do. Or they go, uh, do we really? I mean, do men and women communicate differently, and what are some examples of those differences? Well, I'm actually going to answer that question with this, and that is the curriculum we have here at iVoice Communication for Women is the same exact curriculum that we have for men. So it is important that we all, you know, learn various skills along the way. And, you know, they do and they don't. Confidence issues, for example, I see, you know, women dealing with confidence issues more so than I see men dealing with confidence issues. 
Um, right, right. Because I'll, I'll just say the stupidest thing and then find out it's stupid after I said it. Like, I'm not worried about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. However, are there plenty of women out there who aren't dealing with confidence issues? You bet there are. As a matter of fact, I had an inquiry from a woman the, um, last week, and she said um, that typically her problem is she communicates either passive-aggressively or aggressive-aggressively. Now, at least she's aware, right, because awareness is everything. At least she's aware of her communication style. I would say that, on average, more women come to me with different problems. They're more apt. Women are more apt to speak passively or choose not to speak and choose not to communicate as opposed to speaking aggressively or passive-aggressively. So at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, Chris, it's all about knowing who you are as a communicator, right? What is your set point? As a matter of fact, I created something not long ago called the six pillars of effective communication. And pillar number one is know, own, and be who you are, right? Know who you are. Are you left brain, right brain, introvert, extrovert? Like get a sense of who you are and then own it, right? Because we all have strengths. And we all have vulnerabilities, never call them weaknesses, own who you are. Mm -hmm. And then your job as the effective communicator is to be who you are, as authentic as possible. Stop trying to be anybody else. And I say, you know, try to follow the rule of the two A's. Be authentic, number one, and number two is as approachable as possible as well. Okay, so that's that's great, and we hear that a lot. Be authentic, be yourself, and, you know, I live on yeah. the west side of L.A., and there's a lot of woo-woo hippie bullshit, right? And they all say the same kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. so what? why is that so hard? Like, what makes it so hard for either men or women, and, and tell me if there's a difference there, but what makes it so hard for somebody to step forward and communicate from an authentic, uh, an authentic place in an authentic way? What, what's the barrier? Well, it's in our minds, right? In addition to my millions of years in the communication industry, Chris, um, I'm also a certified mindfulness teacher. In 2017, I decided to continue my education, and I'm currently studying uh, mindfulness with the Mindful Center at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island. And it is absolutely in our mind. What we think is directly related with what we speak and how we think about ourselves Right. I always say, you know, typically a lot of people come to me with um, the problem of fear of speaking. And I always pose the question, well, what are you thinking about? What's going on in your mind? And more times than not, they have two main issues. Number one, the number one issue is perception. In their mind, people are saying to themselves, oh, my gosh, what are people thinking of me? So if in your mind you are OODA looping, right, overly concerned with perception, then you're not being present with who you are, trying to move forth as your authentic self. And the other side of the coin, more times than not, people are concerned about um, perfection, okay? They're concerned about perception, and they're concerned about perfection. And from there, I always remind people that there's no such thing as 
perfection when it comes to effective communication. As a matter of fact, you just heard me stumble a moment ago. I always raise my <laughs> hand like even your executive communication coach stumbles from time to time. And guess what? It's okay. So no such thing as perfection when it comes to effective communication. And as far as perception goes, uh, I'm going to take you back now to that six pillars of effective communication. Pillar number two is understand your audience, right? Do your best to relate with your listener. So um, before you have that hard conversation or before you go out and you do that complex presentation, take some time and think about them, right? Who are they and what do they need? So you can make whatever it is you're speaking and communicating more about them and less about you. So there's, there's, there's obviously a lot of science around communication, but I say communication is mostly an art. So how does that now, cause, cause I, I hear a lot, you know, I work with a lot of women, my, my organization uh, skews female about 65% or I should say toward the feminine is more accurate. Um, mm-hmm. And, 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 and what I've heard is that, you know, women have been yanked in all kinds of different directions, you know, be this way, but not too much that way, but you got to be this way, but not too much that way. And, and men, you know, have a similar sort of dynamic. We've been, we've all been jerked around, I think. So how do you reconcile? And I want to talk about the six pillars too. Uh, Number one is the awareness piece, the mindfulness piece, right? Did I get that right? And then number two is knowing your audience. How do Mm -hmm. you reconcile okay, I need to communicate with this audience in a way that they want to hear and a way that they, you know, the things they want to hear and the way they want to hear it. And I need to do this authentic to me. How do, yep. how do those worlds coexist? Mm, very good question. Thank you so much for that. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> I think the first, no, it, it isn't. You know what? It's, a, it's an art and it takes practice. Because your goal as an effective communicator is when you're out there, right, when you are out there putting yourself out there and in a very vulnerable situation very often, you know, your goal is to be as calm, confident, and comfortable in your own skin as possible. And that's important because how you feel as a communicator is directly related with how how your listeners feel. So the first thing I want you to do is to take your dominant hand and put it on your heart. You might want to take your other hand and put it under your heart. Like I want to say, like if, the, if, you're, if you are familiar um, with the solar plexus area, the solar mm-hmm. plexus uh, right at the top of your gut, mm-hmm. remember pillar number one? You might even want to take a nice mm-hmm. deep breath here. Know and own and be who you are. And you're fine. And you're fine. Because I'm going to go back to something you said a little while ago, Chris, and that's about reconciling how to be, you know, authentically you while trying your best to relate with them. You know, so often we're, we're worried, right? We're concerned about perfection. We're concerned about perception. There are so many things to concern yourself about. You have to start at a place of I am okay. I trust myself. And this is not easy. I often am in a, in a very vulnerable situation. I might need mm-hmm. to be walking into somebody's office to have an honest conversation with them. Little vulnerable, you bet it is. 
but it's imperative very often for people to have these vulnerable conversations. Okay. So well, you're you okay. know what? And I, yeah. I, I may, no, go ahead. If I may keep that thought, don't lose that thought. Yep, please. It's also, it's also okay that you're uncomfortable. And that's mm. one thing I learned, I learned in mindfulness. When it comes to mindfulness, and mindfulness, we're not talking about mindful meditation. We're just talking about mindfulness here. Mindfulness is awareness, awareness of what you're doing in the present moment. And you're not trying to change anything. You're just trying to change your relationship with how you feel. And so often we're trying to push away the fact that we are stressed. Right? We're anxious around having these vulnerable conversations. Stop it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And when you start at a place like that, then you can begin to learn the tools you need to master in order to have the crucial conversation or in order to conduct the uh, complex presentation. Yeah, I love that exercise because it does have a really calming effect. You establish that mind-body connection. You bring yourself mm. into awareness of what's going on. And, and mm-hmm. let's talk about the awareness thing for a second because in my experience, when somebody is going in to speak to somebody else and they have that fear of what the other person's going to think, this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the other person. You talked about owning something, being, being really honest about what your truth is. Like I'm, I'm experiencing nervousness, fear, anxiety. That's just a fact, right? Feelings are facts about people, right? They don't have to be rational or make sense. But when we take ownership of that, aren't, isn't this really largely a projection? Like I'm putting my fears on that person, right? They're going to think this of me, which is really just what I think of me or what I'm afraid about me. Is that, I mean, is that fair enough to say? Most. Definitely. Let me tell you a quick story. About 15 years ago, I was just at the end of my radio career, and I was commissioned to be the host and producer of a women's radio show. So over a five-year period, I was the host and producer of something called Vital Women Radio with Clear Channel Communication. I was based out of the Providence, Rhode Island and Worcester, Massachusetts markets. And I had the opportunity to interview more than 100 famous and accomplished women. It was an awesome job. And I found myself in the beginning of that gig, Chris, and I'm sure you're going to be able to relate with this, stressing. I was stressing because here I was. I had two decades of experience at that time. I used to speak with literally thousands, sometimes up to 50,000 people when I was on the, on the radio at a time um, being a broadcaster, right, being a radio host, an anchor, and a personality for many, many years. But I never had to deal with them in the same room right? So they were way out there and I was just in my radio studio. Now here I was with this women's radio show. Women were coming in to my radio studio and we were actually sitting down to have a conversation. And just like you and I are having a conversation right now. And so what I did is I realized I was putting these women on a pedestal just because they were more times than not like richer, they might have had more letters after their names, you know, this PhD, that MD, whatever, um, rich and famous, right? Famous and accomplished people. And what happens, Chris, when you put people on a pedestal? 
you're down here. Right. And it was during those days I created something. I coined the phrase the pedestal syndrome. So Mm. when you put somebody on a pedestal, you're down here. And I actually use a graphic of the pedestal syndrome. As a matter of fact, anybody who's listening today, if you would like to see what I've created around this phrase, the pedestal syndrome, I use this when I often go in and speak about biases because, you know, I mean, that's, that's the topic of it's such a huge topic of conversation in the year 2020, mm-hmm. obviously, and mm-hmm. it's just the opposite. So, so often with biases, what we're doing is we're looking down upon people. And what happens when you right. look down upon people? Mm-hmm. One way or the other, whether, you're, whether you put them on a pedestal or whether you're looking down upon people, you are separating yourself. And that is what causes division. Mm-hmm. So the goal right. of the effective communicator, number one, is to be aware, right? To be aware. Are that. you putting people on a pedestal or are you looking down upon them? Are you making them superior or inferior? And what are you going to do right. about it? So, so with the Women's Radio Show, I realized it was me. These women weren't taking my power away from me. I was taking it away from myself. So I had to start making different choices. And did I still get nervous? Of course I still got nervous. I mean, I interviewed Sarah McLaughlin, and I interviewed Jane Pauley, you know, and the head of the hospital and the head of the college and all sorts of different local, international, and and national personalities. Um, But it got much easier over time. And being aware, being mindful, even before I became a certified mindfulness teacher, that really helped. Right. You know, and I, and I love what you're sharing there because we say this too. The, the ego construct that says, oh, my God, I'm the God's greatest gift to the world is the same ego construct as, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm worthless. Like it's the same ego, same size, opposite end of the spectrum. Um, I'm going to take a quick break here because I want to talk about we've covered two of the six pillars and I want to touch on your radio career because that's something you and I have in common. We got a quick word from our sponsor. We're going to give you the, the, the rest of the pillars. Hang on just one second right after this. Thanks, Chris. Hey, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. Their mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. You can enroll today. Thanks so much for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And Chris, back to you. Thank you so much. So, Donna, we've covered two of the, of the six pillars. What's pillar number three? Okay, pillar number three. And, by the way, Chris, when I'm done with these, I do want you to ask me a question about the ego. Is that fair? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, okay. Pillar we can talk ego three. all day. I mean, I, we, if I had the time, I could go full-blown like Joe Rogan and spend oh. the next three hours with you. I'd love that. Well, during the break, I actually picked up a notebook because I'm working on an ego project right now that I think you'll be very interested in, okay? But, uh, yeah, back to, yeah, 
back to the six pillars of effective communication. So one is know and own and be who you are. Number two is relate with your listeners. Number three is called master your content. So do your best, obviously, to know what it is you're talking about and to make it easy for your listeners. So, for example, if you are a thought leader and you have some really heavy stuff that you're parlaying to your listeners, make it easy for your listeners and and organize it. You might say, oh, for the next half an hour, we're going to be talking about three steps or five points, you know, to help us get to our goals. And also, um, under pillar number three, master your content, I also, I, I, I often um, warn people to be aware of what we call industry jargon, because mm-hmm. when you throw industry jargon out there, you can really confuse the listener. And as we know, we're living in right. such a busy, distracted society, but make life easy for your listener as opposed to confusing for them. So that's number three, master your content. Number four is called anticipate questions and reactions, because this is a big stress for people who are speaking, whether it be those crucial conversations or complex presentations. Oh my goodness, what if they ask me something that I don't know? So you do your best and you, you know, you ask yourself, what are they going to be curious about? What are they going to be wondering about? And the other side of that, Chris, is um, pillar number four, anticipate questions and reactions. Anticipate their questions and reactions and also anticipate your own questions and your own reactions. So ask yourself Mm. the question, when I get to this hot spot, how am I going to feel? Right. So so mm-hmm. so do yourself to put put yourself there, put yourself there in the moment of speaking before you actually get there. So you can you can practice and anticipate not only how they're going to feel, but how you are going to feel. Pillar number five is called serve when you speak instead of just speaking. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we've heard those speakers before. They just go on and on and on. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, but but, say more about that. What do you mean serve when you speak? Well, you know what? Make it less about you, more about them. I often also remind people to put, your, put themselves in teacher role, right? I'm, I'm educating my listeners, right? I'm training my listener. Mm-hmm. And the, the question to ask yourself is, is understanding taking place, right? So mm. um, if I am just up there, like on a stage at a podium, someday we'll be back at the podium, Chris, after this pandemic. Right. Um, right. You know, is, is understanding taking place? Is connection happening? Because you want to maintain that connection while you are speaking. So do your best to serve them make it less about you and more about them. And then pillar number six. What is, wait, wait, hang on a second. I have a question about that. What, what is something, because when, when you want to make sure understanding is happening, there's two things there. Number one, when you're the, you're the teacher, right? I I assume, and tell me if I'm wrong, that you want to stay clear of that idea that I'm up here and they're down there, right? The ego thing we want to, so, because that's going to create the separation. Um, so how, how do we, number one, make sure we don't elevate ourselves above them so we can maintain connection? And number two, how do we know that the connection, that, that the understanding is happening? Because I know one of the traps I hear a lot of people say, do you know what I'm talking about? Or you know what I mean? Or does that make sense? Nobody says mm-hmm. no 
to those questions, right? No, I have no idea what you're talking about right now because now I look like an idiot, right? So how, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we know if understanding is happening? You don't always. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're speaking, sometimes you're on stage and you can't even see your listeners. You know, right. and, and, you know, I spent all those years on radio. I couldn't see my listeners. I couldn't see mm-hmm. their reactions. So it's really sensing. It's really sensing. I, I use the word attune very often, to attune yourself to your listener. So if you can mm-hmm. see your, your listeners, I mean, are their eyes looking at you, right? Are they, are they playing with their cell phones? Are they starting to yawn? Are they, are they starting to look like they have ants in their pants as they're sitting there in the audience? You know, um, there's, there's. Can you a just lot call them questions. out if they do that? <laughs> like, hey, well, I see you in your phone right there. <laughs> well, you know, yes, you, you might be able to. I mean, every case is different, obviously. You know, you could mm. say, I think I lost you. I think I lost mm. you, and I apologize. You know what? I'm just, I want to make sure that understanding is indeed taking place. You have to remember that when we speak in any given 60-second time frame, in any given one minute, we speak on average of 185 words per minute. However, the brain can think at a rate of 600 words Mm -hmm. per minute. That's why it's imperative that you do the work to become the most effective communicator you can become because think of all that extra time that they have to think about other things or have their attentions diverted so easily to something else. Right, especially when we have like an eight-second attention span now or something like that. It's like eight or nine seconds I think I saw. It's less less than a, a goldfish. That was the Microsoft right. study. And I do have to say that I just talked about that study the other day. Microsoft did that study. Our attention spans went from 12 seconds to 8 seconds, which is less than a goldfish. But here's the clincher, Chris. That study was done in the year 2015. Oh, so that's terrifying. We, we're over like four seconds now. Oh, if we're lucky. That's why mindfulness. <laughs> is so very important. Mindfulness is so very, very important to bring your mind back as best as you can to what is happening right here in the present moment. Otherwise, we miss so much. This is how you attune yourself, not only to what you're saying, but to attune yourself to your listener to do your best to ensure that understanding is taking place and that connection, I always say, if you want to create healthy human connections, right, and that's the subtitle of my business, right, I voice communication, uh, creating healthy human connections through effective communication, then you, uh, you have to make that connection. That's outstanding. So now I have a question because this was something, and, and it's very uh, gender-related, and we only have a couple more minutes here. But one of the things I noticed, because you and I both share uh, a radio background. We were both in radio for many years. You started when you were 18. And, and something mm. I noticed, and this, now this has something to do with the radio format, but uh, I, I was on, one of the stations I was on was a classic rock station. And 
the, and we had a primarily male audience and I could get on there and, and, and I would talk about sports and beer and getting over on your buddies and that kind of thing. And that really resonated. And what I noticed about the female air talent was that they were brutal with our male listeners. They could get away with murder. The like the things that there's this one girl, her her on-air name was Squeaky. Squeaky was brutal with these with these men and she could say unbelievably offensive things and they couldn't get enough of her. I mean, they loved the abuse. Whereas if I said that <laughs> stuff to them, they they would have had my head, you know, they'd be waiting for me in the parking lot. So how right, does that right. right? So how does that work? Like I is it true can women get away more with communication with men or is that just the format like how does that work you know like i said every case is different when it comes to radio chris we know this it's all about the ratings right right so you know if you had put a woman down right if you had busted up the female listeners and made them feel however they would have said yeah off with chris's head right women would have stopped listening and the ratings would have plummeted so Mm -hmm. but you know if her ratings were going up then her ratings were going up there were a lot of females on the air i was a little more middle of the road you know i did a lot a lot of adult contemporary radio when i was on the air um, but I'll tell you, there were a lot of, um, dare I say, kind of raunchy women who were on the air simultaneously. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, their ratings were through the roof. You know, right. I just chose, you know, that it wasn't my cup of tea. And that's okay. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what it's all about when it, when it comes to uh, ratings and radio and being on the air as we know. And that's why fake news. Right. There are so many. People right. Who, right. It gets people all all riled up. What? They said what? And um, yeah, you have to be so careful now of fake news, what to believe, you know, because there's so much out there now that wasn't out there even, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, never mind 15 or 20 years ago. Outstanding. So Donna Rastigian, Mac, thank you so much for being here today. We've given five of the six pillars and we're going to hold on to number six. If you want number six, uh, and, and really you do want number six, I promise you that. Donna, how can, uh, how can somebody get a hold of you to talk about how to become a, a more effective communicator and really get what they want in this world? Please email me. You can email me directly. It's Donna at iVoiceCommunication, no S at the end of that, dot com. That's the letter I, voicecommunication.com. I'm, of course, on LinkedIn, and I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me on Facebook under DMAC, that's D-M-A-C-com, okay? And, uh, you know, my number's out there, and I would love to have a conversation with you. And, uh, you know, tell me about your goals. Tell me about your goals in, in life and tell me about your goals in terms of becoming a more effective communicator. Because as we said in the beginning of this um, conversation, Chris, I really do envision a world where everybody has the confidence and the ability to speak and communicate more effectively, not only to make more money in business, but also to build those strong, trusted relationships in business and in life. 
Donna, thank you so much for joining us on the Status Flow, brought to you by uh, Connected Women of Influence. Go check out Donna, Rustigi, and Mac, iVoiceCommunication.com. You can get her on email or call her. Great information. We've given you five of the six pillars. Pillar number six, you're going to have to get a hold of her for. Thank you for joining (laughs) us once again. I am Chris M. King. Thank you. We are out. Thank you. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.